We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. What you get is everybody's best shot. So every week you're going to get the best shot. And so you, you get, there, are no, there are no games off for any of that stuff. Not any in the NFL anyways, but there are no games off. There's no light opponent. You've got to bring it every week. To be in this position, that tells you a little bit of something about the mental makeup of this football team. All right, let's listen to some more post-game reaction from the Chiefs. Jake, let's go with that last interview that you have on the sheet you put together from Chris Jones. Chris Jones was on with Scott Van Pelt. Here is the Chiefs. And let me tell you something again. That was tripping in the end zone, right? Yes. And that should have been a penalty. That should have been a safety. And I was I was nervous when Chris Jones was slow getting up. I thought that he was injured, but he wasn't, thankfully, and the Chiefs will need him to win another championship in two weeks. Uh, here is Chris Jones after the game with Scott Van Pelt. Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs are heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years, and Chris joins me from Baltimore. Congratulations on getting back there. The fact that the path went on the road through Buffalo and then Baltimore, how, if at all, does that add to the satisfaction of what you guys accomplished? Um, for me, I don't, I don't, like I was preaching to the guys, I don't think it's ever about the destination, but more so about the journey. You, you're able to learn, you're able to grow uh, in the midst of adversity, and that's what we had to do this year to get to the destination that we wanted to get to. Um, get to. You know, we had to face a, a multitude of dynamic quarterbacks, starting with Tua and um, the Miami Dolphins offense, and going up to Josh Allen's house and being able to defeat them in a close game and coming to Baltimore and uh, prevailing. If someone tried to say no one believed in us, and I'm not saying you did, but if anyone said, ah, oh, no one believed in the Chiefs, they'd say, well, that's not true at all. But, Chris, I do think this year there was doubt. I think there were questions at times about what, what are the Chiefs? Who are the Chiefs? You guys have answered that to the world in the room as you went through that journey together. What kind of belief existed that this ultimately was who you are? I think it was we was a balanced team. We was um, able to improve our defense. Stinks to uh, Steve Spagnol, Spagnolia, uh, Spagnolia, Spagnola. Um, for him, for the improvement, uh, we had a lot of guys to step up throughout the year. Whether it's Sneed, whether it's Tutu making his first All Pro team, we were able to get through those obstacles collectively. You know, offense coming along, they're playing lights out right now, and defense continue to make strides. I think that's why everybody just calls him Spags, right, Chris? It's just easier to say than Spagnola. But, man, I wanted to get yeah, him. Yeah, Spags, <laughs> it can get tricky at times. Understood. I, I want to acknowledge what he and you all did because as great as the offense was, Chris, to start with a couple of scores, ultimately the defensive side of the ball is the reason you guys won. The focus on stopping Lamar, how do you describe what, the, what that game plan was about? It was dynamic, um, more so uh, the front four, keeping them in the pocket, making them a pocket passer, and um, getting after it. You know, when they're catch, keeping everything underneath, not giving up big plays. You know, they're a high-quality big play team. You look throughout film, they've been making big plays throughout all year. So we wanted to take the long, hard road and um, contain Lamar in the pocket. Last quick thought, and I appreciate your time. The appreciation and understanding of how rare this is. Like, this doesn't happen a lot. And you guys and a lot of the guys in this room have been in this journey together. You all were in that locker room for a long time before you opened it up to the media. 
What, what, what kind of appreciation of, of this moment and these moments you've been through can you share with us? Um, it's a lot of gratitude, you know, offensive, defensively, the coaches, the staff um, for keeping these guys together. And I think more so it's about commitment throughout this year. We knew it was going to be a long, hard journey, and we had to commit to each other, be unselfish, and commit to the game. And now you play in the biggest game we've got in the Super Bowl out in Las Vegas, Chris. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care. See you in Vegas. That's right. See you in Vegas for the Super Bowl in two weeks against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, let's do some more field interviews with uh, Chiefs players after beating the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 to in the AFC Championship game uh, yesterday. Uh, let's hear uh, Christina Pink from Fox Sports as she caught up with running back Isaiah Pacheco after the game. All right, Isaiah, uh, the journey that you guys had to get back to the Super Bowl, what has impressed you most about what this team has done? What impressed me most is the determined mindset of the leaders. Uh, you got guys that's going, uh, going out there. It's a long season. got guys playing hurt and just finding a way, eliminating distractions of pain and just figuring it out, giving it your all, and that's what it takes. Did it feel extra special because there were so many guys doubting you this time around? Absolutely. Um, it's the goal and the mindset. Uh, came with, with practice, and we knew we had doubters. Just eliminate it and, and go in as a unit and come in with one goal and purpose just to get the victory. All right. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. We go on to another one. And, again, you look much like the AFC Championship game last year, Todd, when Sky Moore uh, had, had many struggles as a punt return in the regular season. The Chiefs trusted him enough to put him back there at the end of the game for a punt return, and he came up with a huge one that ultimately helped the Chiefs win that game over Cincinnati. MVS struggled this season, struggled catching the football. And in the biggest play of the season with the game on the line, on a third down that the Chiefs needed, or guess what? Baltimore gets the ball back with two minutes left. Anything can happen, man. Could they have gotten the end zone? Absolutely. Anything could happen. But they didn't get that chance because Patrick Mahomes hooked up with MVS Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who came through with the biggest catch of the year. Here, uh, Harold Koontz from Fox 4 uh, chatted with Marquez Valdez, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling as he was putting on his AFC championship hat. Man, last uh, come on. Uh, come on, man. Uh. Uh, uh. Man, God, I'm grateful. Man, God, man, it's without, without him, and I wouldn't be here today. I'm, I'm forever thankful to be in this position. Teammates trust me to go make that play the last last play of the game. And it worked out. That team never quit, man. Talk about the team's never quit attitude. That's that's who we've been all year, man. Resilient, battling through adversity. You know, that's that's, that's the epitome of our of our team, and it showed today. How did it feel doing it on their home field? It feels great. It feels great, man. Nobody believes in us, but we believed in us. God believed in us, and that's why we're here today. I mean, that, it's again, it's a story, storybook ending, but that was incredible. Because that wasn't an easy catch, Todd. No. And that was a, a gigantic moment. And it's the biggest moment, because if you don't catch that ball, as we talked about before, there's going to be two minutes and 12 seconds on the clock or something. The Chiefs have to punt. 
the Ravens will get to run a play probably before the two-minute warning, and then you don't know what's going to happen. That That's when you get in the, oh, well, they throw a deep pass and there's a pass interference or something goes down, the ball bounces up in the air, whatever. The, the favorite formation in all of football is victory formation. And the Chiefs, the past two weeks on the road, have gotten a first down late in the game that allowed them to kneel the ball out. And that is a sweet, sweet feeling for them. There was... No uh, drama, drama at the end. There was some, some drama because they had the ball with a chance to go down and, and kill the clock, but they did that. Took all the drama out of the game the past two weeks. Absolutely important to get those big first downs because the defense has been carrying them throughout a lot of the year, making plays, and those aren't plays that will go down in history, you know, like some last second, whatever. But what it what it does is ends the game. It was a game ender. It was a, it was. A, a different kind of a walk-off, like, you know, not a Hail Mary or something. But if you get to kneel at the end after a play like that, then you went out and won the game with a play. Here's a couple of more comments from quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's play the first one here. He says the uh, the job is not done, and the Chiefs obviously are focused on winning this next game. In yet another Super Bowl, I assume you never get tired of this. No, you don't, you don't take it for granted either. You never know how many you're going to get to if you're, or if you're going to get to any. It truly is special. Just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, guys coming together, it really is special. I told them, I mean, the job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring. All right, let's move on to uh, number three. Patrick Mahomes was asked uh, about facing this challenge against the Ravens in Baltimore. Yeah, it's, it's special because that's a great team and a great quarterback. And Spags, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. The guys executed the game plan well. They got timely turnovers that played down down at the goal line, punching the ball out. I think it was Sneed and recovering it. That was, that was a timely turnover, obviously. And whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. And that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stopped. So let's just take the, take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game. That's right. Um, Here's a tweet from Justin Reed. He must have seen, he saw a tweet from Bleacher Report. Zay Flowers fumbles lead to a touchback. Zay Flowers fumble leads to a touchback. Chiefs ball. Justin Reed felt it necessary to reply to that tweet in the video of Zay Flowers fumbling with a very simple tweet that says, L-M-A-O-O, his ass deserve it, was all that fake, tough blank. Skeleton emoji, laughing emoji. So, that funny? Zay Flowers got his comeuppance quickly. Was that funny? Yes. Because I thought it was. It's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and then he went and injured his hand, uh, slamming the helmet and the bench around. So that probably helped, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Who am I to say? Uh, Here's something. I want to play Mahomes number four again because I think you'll like uh, the information I have for you, Jake. Uh, This is uh, Patrick Mahomes' thoughts on being the underdog the past two weeks. Yeah, it was cool. Just going to two hostile environments, having to come together as a team and, and to win those games and, and hold that trophy, it really was special. But if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. So we'll try, after we go through the Super Bowl and hopefully win it, we're going to try to get it back at Arrowhead next year. This information right now is directed towards uh, not Jake Gutierrez, but Jake Pounders. 
gambling aficionado and uh, avid participant in DraftKings Sportsbook. Patrick Mahomes is now 10-1-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career. 9-3 and three straight up. So. 9-3? and three. That's pretty good. Straight up as and an underdog? Go ahead, let me tell you something right now. Money line. And in the Super Bowl right now, the Chiefs are officially underdogs Underdog. as they opened up as a three-point underdog, and that's two and a half. <laughs> I've, seen, two and a half? I've seen it like one. You know what? Do you have to be a no, I mean, It's, it's going to move. It opened it, too. Yeah. What is it now? Right as we speak. It was one earlier this morning. Mm. I was surprised the opening Draft was has it at one. Yeah. Still an underdog. Yeah. But it opened it too. I mean, this thing it made, was at three for Who knows a while. what's going to happen over this next two weeks? I, would you be shocked if they don't? If I mean, seriously, people are going to be like, I'm not betting against I Patrick Mahomes. I would have Mahomes favored. Yeah. Yeah, the 49ers but guess what? are favored right now. Go ahead. Favor the 49ers. I hope, I hope it ends like Go that. on. Go on. Do it. Mm-hmm. Some good numbers there. Favorable. Mm. Let's play these last two for Mahomes. Uh, here, Patrick Mahomes was asked about this team battling through adversity. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like losing any any games. So every loss, I feel like it's tough. We always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset. Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building, and no one hung their head, and everybody was ready to go. And now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done. Patrick Williams was also asked if there's any difference between Andy Reid after a win or after a loss. There's, there's no difference. The only time I've seen Coach Reed like kind of a little bit more excited is after winning the Super Bowl. Other than that, it's like the same exact person, but that's what you need. You need your leader to be calm, win, loss, no matter what it is, the same person. Come to work every single day and put that work in and let us be who we are. And he talks about showing your personality. I mean, let us be who we are every single day, but he he's that has that demeanor to show that no matter what the challenge is, we can go out there and attack it. Andy could be boring for us. He's probably a little bit boring sometimes for the players, too, but that's what works. He's got a a tried-and-true method of coaching and leading men, coaches, players, everyone in the organization, and it works. And that is not freaking out because the game's in Buffalo or a game's in Baltimore in the postseason. It's about just going through their process and doing what they do, no matter who's available, if Joe Tooney's not available, all right, Nick Allegretti's going to play. Be just fine. Is the game going to be on the road in the hostile environment? Yeah, sure, we'll do that. He treats every week the same. And it can be a little monotonous if you want some sizzle soundbite out of him. You're just not going to get it. But it freaking works, man. It absolutely works. And, you know, you've heard every one of these guys. Uh, if you do something wrong long enough, he's eventually had enough of it or whatever. And you heard Patrick right there. You're not going to see him act any different until they win the final game. I mean, he is, I promise you, they got back last night. He's not out worrying about celebrating or getting on Twitter or anything like that. He is grinding away on the San Francisco 49ers, and he has been since the, the game ended in the West Coast, and he got home. And that's what he's doing. He's going to get on a, a noon Zoom today with us. And he's going to give us some answers. Is a nude Zoom? Noon oh. Zoom. God. I know he'll have a shirt on. That's right. what we see. But that's, that's the, the is? No, it'll be Andy. That's, oh. that's what it's going to be, I believe. I, they haven't given us all the information yet. But he is just a creature of habit when it comes to all of this. And it works. And it especially works when you have great players. And they've got some great players right now. 
who have played a lot of football, they've played 17 postseason games now since 2018. They played a whole extra season, which is amazing. You talk about the wear and tear in your body and all the stuff that goes on with it. But they love it, man. They freaking love it. And they got one more to play this year. This was my favorite on-the-field interview. Uh, We played this a little bit earlier in the show. And I want to play it again because I think it's important. And I think it's a great example of this team's culture, this team's depth, and this team's ability to battle through adversity. Harold Kuntz from Fox 4 posted this. Um, and I, I, I want to set it up just for a moment because, again, I think this is why, this is one of the reasons why the Chiefs uh, are playing in the Super Bowl. Because uh, Brett Veach has built up very good depth all over the team, including offensive line. And when you have a, a player the level of Joe Tooney, an all-pro guard, who many people feel like is the best guard in football, one of the best offensive linemen in football. He's out. And so you have Nick Allegretti step in. Seventh-round pick, Lebo is what you told mm-hmm. me. Seventh round in 2019. And part of this is redemption for Nick Allegretti because, and Joshua, he was not the weakest link of, of this offensive line. But... The much maligned offensive line performance in the Chiefs Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Jake has no concept and no idea of what happened because no he was in a he was in a cabin, you know, talking to a wolf or whatever he was doing. Isolation. Was ayahuasca? He's writing a book. I was I, I was no. I, I, is that how you say I, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. I was, is that what it was? Mother Aya? Yeah. Not not that time. Were you speaking on a first hand basis uh, with na- nature? Yeah. Okay. I was. But nature was unable to give you any updates on the Super Bowl. No, but I did tell you about my dream I had, though, right? Uh, well, did, did it involve Curtis Seabolt? No, it involved okay. a, a, a post-game handshake between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. No. Oh. And Patrick Mahomes used some vulgar language towards Tom Brady. I don't think that happened. It didn't, but that's I, I, that's how I had a, a weird feeling that the Chiefs had lost the that's Super right. Bowl because of that dream. Okay. All right, then. I wrote about the dream. I, I, I logged all my dreams. You write about it where? In this book? Did I, is that where it's at? <laughs> my, my dream log. I'll say I haven't read that yet because I haven't seen the book. He dreamed he wrote a book. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that what his, his dream? Okay. Uh, so anyway, in that in that Super Bowl, do you remember the starting offensive line? Lebo, name it. Um, was Austin Ryder? He was a center. Allegretti, right? Allegretti, and who was the other guard? Um... Do not recall. Stefan Wisniewski. Oh, yeah. He'd just been back on the team for a Wiley smidge. was Wiley. Who were the tackles? Wiley, Wiley was the right tackle. right tackle. Left, left tackle was an old dude. Mike Remmers. Yeah, Remmers. Okay. Oh, oh. And by the way, th- that Super Bowl, this is who started. Tyreek Hill, but Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Mm-hmm. Your running back was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That was your offensive line. You had gentlemen like... Tano Passanio, mm-hmm. Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Bashad Breeland, and Daniel Sorensen starting. Mm-hmm. This defense is a little different. Yep. Okay, you, you want to talk about Patrick Mahomes dragging a team to the Super Bowl. Yes, he had Hill and, and Kelsey. This team's better because of how good the defense is. Oh, for sure, yeah. So 
And the offensive but line. Allegretti was part of that. Yeah. And he had to and wear that. he was that. young. Yeah. He had to wear that. Yeah. But that, that I'm, I'm sure that wounded him because he's, he, he, it hurt your pride that you're part of that. And he, he, had, he could be a starter at so many different teams in this league. But he's here because of the culture they've built, because of Brent Veach's eye for talent, and he was there to step in for Joe Tooney. And if you think it doesn't mean something to guys like this that have already won a championship, I want you to listen to this roughly about a minute of Nick Allegretti on the field with Harold Coons from Fox 4. Thank you, Harold, for tweeting this. I'm trying to give you a lot of love because we're using some of your great tweets on X. Harold Coons, Fox 4, great reporter, great uh, friend of the show, awesome job. Pretty good pickleball player, too. Well, when he's matched up against you guys, apparently. He, he beat you guys, right? In our, he, who was the team? Sutton and I. But Harold and who? Um, I can't remember. He worked you over those points, yes. right? He was, yeah, that's, he was the star of the team. It's fine for to say that. He beat you guys like a drum. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. Harold, congrats. Thank you for knocking Jake just down a notch after he had spent $200 on a paddle. Um, <laughs> it's all happened, by the way. It's all true. That's what that's what makes the story great. These are facts. Here's uh, listen to the emotion. He's fighting back tears throughout this. Listen to how much this meant to Nick Allegretti. This is him on the field after the Chiefs beat the Ravens. I'm appreciative to be part of this organization. I just want to see my family. I, they're, they're, I just it was an emotional week and guys, let's go win one. Ah oh, man, the fans were incredible support. I tried to stay off Twitter, but every time I opened it, it was. A ton of support towards me, and uh, man, I'm not used to seeing anything on Twitter about myself, so that was incredible, and we got shots going another one. Let's go win one. All right, buddy. Good job. Nick, the focus of this team, especially you, to have to fill in with Joe out. What's it mean for you guys to accomplish the task and everything you had to go through, the adversity? Uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, you, you, you can't understate what Joe Tooney's meant to this team, and he'll never get enough credit for what he's done with both organizations he's been a part of. Um, and, you know, the guys, I had, I had a challenge. The guys knew that, and they were there for me all week, helping me with communication, making sure that I was, you know, ingrained in this offensive line, the starting five this week. And, God, I'm so, I'm so proud of this team, so proud of that offensive line, and honored to be a part of it. Real emotion. I mean, and that's you, what this team's about. How do you not love that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, he could barely team, speak because of, of the tears. Yeah. And how much did that mean to him? And listen to him, well, you know, I, I try not to get on Twitter and I go on there and see nothing but support because it, it, I don't. I really don't don't normally see anything about me on Twitter. How I mean, that's, that's of course Mahomes, Kelsey, Sneed, the stars, but guys like that. That's what makes this team great. That's what's great about this culture. He steps in for the best guard in football and helps this team win. And you listen how much it meant to him. That's fabulous. I love it. It's culture. It's all that stuff. It's what this team has been about for, I mean, really five or six years. When you go into the locker room, you just feel the culture, and you feel it. And I thought I thought when they brought Tyron Matthew in, that was a big part of it. They built some culture then. And it's just different faces now, though, but the culture remains. A lot of different faces have come through here. And the culture remains. And that, I mean, it starts at the top. It absolutely does. And they're going back to the Super Bowl again. And the rest of the league has to deal with this again. It's just how it is, man. 
this is a a we talk about the window being open with Patrick Mahomes' career to to go through and go to the Super Bowl. You know, you you've got this window to go do it, and the window is going to be wide open some years, not quite as open other years. This year looked like it wasn't quite as wide open, but they're right back there. Doesn't matter how you get there, they got there. It's a different look than the way they got there before, but they they got a chance to put another ring on the finger, man. It's wild. Let's uh, take a break, and then we'll come back and talk with our Monday morning quarterback, Chase Daniel, after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I think this uh, Chase Daniel is Monday morning quarterback things working out pretty well, considering it's led to a Mizzou Cotton Bowl appearance and victory and now a Chiefs return to the Super Bowl. We've had some pretty good things to talk about, Chase Daniel. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's, uh, it's a good time to be a Chiefs fan. It's, it's a, What a year, man. What a year for Chiefs and Mizzou, though. Got to love it. And so watching, uh, let, let, let's talk about what went right for the offense in the first half because they needed to get off to a good start, and they drove the ball right down the field, scored a touchdown. They were able to put up 17 points in the first half. Uh, and then the, the Ravens' defense was terrific in the second half. But what did you like from the Chiefs' offense in that first half that allowed them to build that lead? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was when you're going up against a defense like this and the Ravens, and, and they're, they were a generational-type defense. I mean, they were giving up like 16.1 points per game, which is obviously top-scoring defense in the league. And it's just when you really break it down and look at the – the game film of the Ravens' defense, they're just hard to move the ball on. Like, like it's just it, everything's covered. They play a lot of zone defense. They have a lot of exotic pressures on third down. And completions are at a premium. And what I loved about the Chiefs was they gave the Ravens the first two drives, like, uh, like so many different looks, like whether it was screen, run, drop back, empty, play action pass getting Travis Kelsey one-on-one with Kyle Hamilton, just saying, hey, we believe our best guy is better than your best guy. And, you know, the first two drives he was. And and I think the the, the scripted first 15 plays of Andy Reid's, uh, like, first really two or three drives was excellent. Like, they, they didn't get away from running the football. And that's really been the story of, of the playoffs. Like, I went, I went back and – and broke it down, and, and, you know, the Chiefs, through three playoff games, have only thrown the ball 12 or 13 more times than they've run the ball. So they've really uh, rested their head on the run game. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Flair, uh, obviously playoff Pat and his and his legs. I think that was the biggest difference in this game. And then, look, Mahomes being the best player in the world when you need a few plays here in the hair, and some of these throws, some of these scrambles was, was awesome. Jay, I wanted to talk to you about that script because you've been a part of, you know, watching these scripts get put together and helping execute these scripts. How, do, how does the thing work on the script? Like, they get down and it's fourth and two. It's not just, oh, that's play number eight on the script, right? There are a couple of things that happen in there. Are there some ifs and ands? And if it's, you know, whatever down in distance, you, you kind of have – a certain play you like take us inside of like maybe on that first drive how that script would actually execute out yeah so depending on the game uh andy reed usually scripts between 12 and 15 plays and from the first kickoff 
from the first plays on. You're 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 just following that script. Now, when you get to a third down in the middle of the field, you're going to get off that script. You're going to get into your third down list. Uh, or if you're inside the red zone, you're going to get into your red zone plays. Or if you're even backed up, you're going to get to your backed up plays. So other than that, every first and second down on that drive, you are going back to that script. So you could have a first down uh, that was on the script, play one. Second down on the script, play two. And then you get to a third down, you're going to get off that script, and you're going to get to your, say, third and seven. You're going to get to your third and seven to ten beater. And there's usually an Andy Reid third and seven to ten range there's five plays that he can choose from and you're going to pick your best one because it's the it's the best first third down of the game and then when that happens you're going to go back to play script number three on the next first down so it's uh it's something that andy's really done a good job at i think matt nagy uh, deserves some credit too especially these last three games so when when you're going through that script and you find those certain plays, I mean, we know that the playbook is huge. Like, how often in a game like yesterday will there be a repeat play? How often does a play get repeated for, for Coach? Yeah, I mean, he is not afraid to repeat plays. And he'll be the first one to tell you that. If something works, especially the run game with Andy Heck and um, Coach Heck and all those guys that are, that are doing the run game, he's not afraid to repeat it. And especially... There's there's some quick game uh, stuff in there that he'll want to repeat because they're just good drive starter plays, not like plays you have to like hold up in protection a long time, like quick game, get the ball out. But other than that, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of fun stuff up his sleeve, and, and it shows. I mean, I would say that in general, the Chiefs' offense from week to week, there's about a fifty to sixty percent carryover in plays, and they're running the same plays. They're just personnel or formating them up differently. So the the Chiefs' offensive weapons can play fast. Chase Daniels, our guest. Chase, uh, Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. And in a game where he surpasses Jerry Rice for most receptions in NFL playoff history, he does it in dynamic fashion. You think about the touchdown catch was terrific. You think about the fourth down catch early in the game was fantastic. The third down where he, he dove and caught the pass, that, that, was, that was Travis, that was vintage Travis Kelsey. After taking that week off to end the season, it looks like he's got his legs back. And we've seen him great. I don't know that I've ever seen him as locked in as he was in that game yesterday. You played with him. You were around him. What can you say about that performance yesterday? Well, I mean, I think I think Patrick Mahomes hit it right on the head when he said, when he was talking about Travis Kelsey in his uh, press conference, he was just like, look, when the, when the lights shine brighter, he gets better. And it's so true. I mean, you look at his last 12 playoff games, his last 12 playoff games, He's got 13 touchdowns and he's got over 1,300 yards receiving. I mean, it just it just comes on strong in the playoffs, man. And I think that Pat and him have this connection that's going to go down. It should go down as one of the best in NFL history, especially in playoff times. And I do think that Travis. There was a little bit of the middle of the year where he just looked a little beat up. He looked a little injured. He looked a little slower than normal. But I do believe that week off. Um, help him. And look, I think you got to give credit. I go back to it, but it's true. You got to give credit to Andy Reid and Matt Nagy when this Chiefs offense was struggling really the whole year, right? Like, really the whole year. They didn't even average 22 points a game in the regular season. 
but they stopped rotating skill players. They they left Justin Justin Watson, MBS, um, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco on the field until they needed a break, and they weren't rotating them anymore. And I think that's really helped them all get into a rhythm. That's helped Pat get into a rhythm. And then talk about this offensive line. Like, without your left guard, um, the tackles have gotten a lot of crap this year. Uh, rightfully so. They, they've been okay for the most part. But they've really, the last, like, four or five games, including the playoffs, have kept Pat clean. And when you keep the best player in the world clean, he's going to make plays. Chase Daniels, our guest. Chase, the defense was spectacular. Steve Spagnolo d- deserves all the credit in the world. Against three dynamic offenses, the Dolphins, Bills, and the Ravens, two of them on the road, they've given up 41 points in the three playoff games, and that includes 10 points total in the second half. Nothing, zero to the Dolphins, seven to the Bills, and then three to the Ravens. What's been the key? How have they done this? Because And they're the only team that hasn't given up 30 points in a game this year, and they've been spectacular in the second half. How have they done it? Well, I think the biggest thing, what you said, was they've been spectacular in the second half. And right, and, and truly, like you look at the entire year, they were averaging, this defense was averaging giving up seven points a game in the second half of games. One touchdown. So it is the halftime adjustments. It is understanding from a Spags point of view, like what this offense that we're going into is doing and making these adjustments on the fly. A lot of a lot of teams can't do it. A lot of teams can't do it. In fact, has those guys ready. And I do think that they hit they hit on the draft, man, last year and two years ago. And they've drafted really good players. They've retooled up front. Uh, you know, I can't say enough about Nick Bolton. I know Willie Gay's missing time. But, but Drew Tranquil has stepped in admirably for him. I mean, that was a heck of a signing, it looks like, uh, in this past offseason. I played with him for the past two years and in L.A. He's, he's played really well. And, and Spags knows when to and how to pressure opponents. He's He picks and chooses his spots to pressure. It's not like oh my gosh, he's blitzing every single time but when it is, it is it is difficult to pick up. And you've seen these past three games in, in the playoffs, especially with legitimate quarterbacks, right? Like two, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson um, has really just stifled them. And it's, it's been a credit to him. We're talking to Chase Daniel and another kind of pressure, not just pressuring the quarterback, is pressure on teams, right? And I think we saw saw yesterday the pressure get to the Ravens a little bit. Some personal fouls. You know, Travis Kelsey baited Van Noy into one. Um, the taunting by Zay Flowers. The pressure of the game. You know, Lamar made an, a really bad pass at the end in the triple coverage. Did it look to you on television like the Ravens started feeling that a little bit in the second half and were doing things that weren't going to help them win? Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think the biggest thing, and a lot of it's interesting. I've seen a lot of like former players talk about championship experience and how it doesn't matter and playoff experience, how it doesn't matter. And, man, in both of the games yesterday, it absolutely mattered. I thought the, the Ravens got a little bit overwhelmed. They got a little bit too hyped up pregame. You saw the Justin Tucker, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey thing. I thought that was hilarious. And I'm like, why are you waking up the beast, man? Do not wake up Patrick Mahomes and that duo. And sure enough, they went off 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown for Travis Kelsey. And it just, it just goes to show that this team has – look, I mean – Patrick Mahomes has been a starter for six years. He's reached at least the AFC Championship game in six years every single year, and he's going to his fourth Super Bowl. 
trying to win his third. I mean, you're 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 literally witnessing greatness, and this is a team that was 11 and six, didn't clinch the division until two weeks left in the season. So it's not like it's just been all all roses for them. So I think they've had to fight and claw, and I think it's made them better throughout the way. All right, the final question: The Chiefs will take on the 49ers because they they came back and beat the Lions after being down 24 uh, seven. Dan Campbell is, is taking a lot of heat. This morning, I'm just curious from your perspective, how much blame does he deserve? Did you agree with those fourth down decisions? Man, so many things had to happen for the 49ers to come back and win that game, and they all happened. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts? Well, look, this is how the this is how the Lions got to this point, and everyone that I've seen at least has said, "Oh, you know." I think it's the right decision to go on fourth down. I, you know, at least this is what they've been doing all year. But I, I would push back and say you got to understand the moment that you're in. This isn't just any other game. This is the NFC Championship game. You're literally a half away from going to the Super Bowl. So I think the first fourth down that he went for um, – when he should have kicked the field goal. I think he should have kicked the field goal to go up 17 points. When you have a chance in an NFC championship game on a road to go up three scores, you got to take it. And also when you can tie the game and it's a 48-yard field goal, Badgley has been really good inside of 50 yards, you got to take it. So I definitely think he deserves some blame. I know what he's doing. And, it's, listen, it's easy to say if they would have made it, it's a different story. They take care of control of the game. But they didn't, so he does deserve some critique, some blame for, for that. I definitely think, I mean, for sure, 100%, when you can take the points to go up three scores, you got to do it. Now we got the Chiefs and the 49ers, which should be a hell of a game. I know that Brock Purdy's taking some heat. Man, he, he, he did make some big plays in that second half. Yeah, it was it was impressive, and I think that this week is going to – really two weeks now. Um, we're going to talk at nauseum about it. It's just how Brock Purdy handles this week and next week because there is obviously a bye week, and he's going to be the third youngest quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl. He's going to have to get some advice from some of the greats in, in, in like Steve Young and Joe Montana, like, hey, how do I handle the week? How do I handle family? How do I handle tickets? How do I handle preparing? Do I under-prepare this week, then over-prepare next week? Do I save my preparation all for next week? How do I handle all the ticket requests? There's so many things other than the game that I think that the Chiefs, without a doubt, have a huge advantage on. Obviously, like we'll get into the talk next week on, on the field, but I think that's the biggest thing to focus on this week is getting all the non-football stuff handled and just so you don't have to think about it and also have you got to have a no man like you got to have someone that says hey you know oh Brock no nope, nope have someone else do it so you can just focus on the game so it's going to be interesting to see how this week plays out Chase thank you for the time we'll talk to you next week alright guys that's Chase Daniel I need a no man can you be my no yeah, man absolutely would you really actually no well, there it is. thank you alright off to a great start we did it back into this on WHB I can honestly say this, man. They was looking past us. They was already at the Super Bowl. I can say they act like they wasn't worried about us at all. Mm. But, you know, we had the mindset in that we got to handle this game. And they didn't have the mindset. And they're a great team. Great coaches and great everything around the organization. I can say, man, we just came with a different mindset than them. That was luxurious need on ESPN Radio. Oh, boy. Stupid Ravens.
Well, the Ravens can still go to the Super Bowl. All they got to do is contact tickets for less. I think the players uh, mention eight ten get tickets, so yeah. they could go. Mention eight ten and uh, get a discount. <laughs> Let's hear uh, some comments from Lamar Jackson, who turned the football over a couple of times. Um, just as a reminder, playoff Patrick better than playoff Lamar. Here, Lamar Jackson was asked if uh, he feels like he was trying to do too much. Do you feel like at times maybe you were trying to do too much or was just nope. the team just trying to, trying to battle win. back? To win. <laughs> I don't think he's doing too much when you're trying to win out there. You thought so? No, I uh, was just uh, asking uh, the no. that's all. For sure, for sure, for sure. No, I don't think so. You thought so? Here, uh, Lamar Jackson was asked about the interception that he threw into triple coverage. I see Tampa two, and um, I see both of them. I see both of them uh, t- trailing him, and I didn't want to throw it all out the end zone. I just tried to like let him turn around and make a play. I thought it was gonna be pi, but you know it is what it is. The safety made a great play and made an interception. Well, there, there's your problem. Yeah. He saw both of them. Right, there was you, three of them, buddy. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Wasn't really a great play. It's just uh, caught a ball that's thrown right to him. And you know what? Hey, the game's over. I'm not afraid to say it. There might have been a pinch of pass interference there, a smidge. But so the what? The Chiefs get all the calls. The Chiefs got screwed out of a touchdown when uh, there was a bad holding call that went against Trey Smith and what would have been a Rasheed Rice touchdown. And I thought there should have been a tripping call in the end zone uh, against Chris Jones that would have uh, led to a safety. Well, so the really bad thing about is. that Lamar pick on that, it was second down. You know, that's that's yeah, it's, it's, it's situation. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, I see if you squeeze it in there. Catch them off guard. All right. Uh, Test their hands. They've looked prepared. No. You think so? Just see if you can get, you know. Trying to do too much? Fit that football in there. Um, Zip it in there really hard. Maybe maybe it was the first guy who caught it. It wasn't even the second or third guy. Here's, uh, well, like Jake said, he only saw two of them, so that was the issue. Uh, here, uh, Lamar Jackson was asked Deion Bush had snuck on the field. if there are any traits that uh, the Ravens should take away from the Chiefs. I mean, no turnovers. You know, they, they played the game basically perfect. Uh, they put points on the board. Um, I felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. We definitely would have came out with a win. But they did a great job of not turning the ball over and putting points on the board. I, I tell you what, that's absolutely the right answer. Yeah, from Lamar Jackson. And let, let me tell you this: it, it's here's here's the crazy thing. Look, I don't want to take away too much from the Ravens. The Chiefs beat them. The Ravens were a great team this year. And for the Chiefs, if if I would have told you, you know, not this year's offensive Chiefs, but any of the past five years' offensive Chiefs, they're plus three in turnovers. They're not involved in a game that goes down to completing a, a third and whatever with two minutes to go. They're rolling in that game. This was an all-day sucker when the Chiefs were plus three. That's how good the Ravens are. What was it? All day. No, that's not what you said. All-day sucker. There. It was. If if the Chiefs had been plus one in turnovers, this might have been a different deal. An all-day sucker. Do you remember the interception that Patrick Mahomes threw in overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals? When he tried to force the yes. ball to Tyreek Hill, and that led to the Bengals game-winning field. The last time that? the ball touched Tyreek Hill's hands as a chief. Do you remember that, Jake? You remember that, don't you? No. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. He was back. Yeah, because uh, that broke my heart, and then uh, and then Jake stomped on it the next day because <laughs> he really wanted uh, to catch me at a good time. Really was considerate with that. Thank you. I blame Levo for that. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to lose. Just wait till Monday. As he takes a swig of coffee. <laughs> oh. That was the last time Patrick Mahomes has thrown a postseason interception. Wow. Last year, zero interceptions against Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia. This year, zero interceptions against Miami, at Buffalo, and at Baltimore. So that's six games. And I can't think in my head of any super dangerous, dumb passes he's thrown in that time either. I, there, I'm sure there's one that maybe bounced somewhere or something, but you know, Lamar Jackson could have more turnovers yesterday, honestly. Yes. Uh, 11 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in his last six postseason games for Patrick Mahomes. Not turning the football over. Correct, Lamar Jackson. Uh, here, Lamar says he's angry about the loss, but he still has hope. Oh, I'm not frustrated at all. Um, I'm, I'm angry about, you know, losing. Uh, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting all this time, all these moments for an opportunity like this, and we fell short. Um, but, but I feel like our team, we're going to build. You know, this offseason is going to get get right, um, get better, grind, and try to be in this position again, but on the other side, a victory. That's the tough part about this. You know, you get to you get to hear this last game and for both of these teams that lost. The Ravens had these expectations coming into the year after the way, you know, Lamar was hurt at the end of the last year. And, you know, they made the playoffs. They, they could have almost beaten the Bengals last year with a backup quarterback. I mean, this is a solid roster. And they had that heartbreak. And then they got Lamar signed, everything. And they, made, they did all this stuff. Now you got to do it all again just to hope to get back to this spot. That long offseason is forever. And the Lions are going to be feeling that way, too. You know, how wide well, open is your window? Yeah. I mean, what can you do to get back? And they got to start the whole thing over Hold and on, wait, grind. Wait, 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 what? Lions just went for it again on fourth down. Wow. They get it this time? Nope. Did, no. did another Lions receiver just drop a pass? At any point either? Drop. I, I do feel bad for Jared Goff. I mean, yeah. listen, he, he's he a good story, and he threw some nice passes that should have gotten caught. And I was reading for him. Final uh, comment from Lamar Jackson. Uh, his message to Zay Flowers after the fumble. We're going to get it back next time. We're not worried about that. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, this is first season. Um, it's my first time in this situation. It's his first time in this situation. We're going to bounce back. You know, um, nobody played a game perfect. I might have a different message for Zay Flowers. What was his fine. message? I think we heard his message uh, after I, the taunt. It was on the yeah. microphone of the officials. I think I saw your message. Yeah, that I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one, didn't you? Okay. Okay, quick question before we break. Yeah, break. Because the Chiefs won't make every Super Bowl like over the next 10 years. What? I hope they do, but they won't. Just like eight of them. If I told you right now you had to put $100 on who was going to make the Super Bowl first, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? Patrick Mahomes is in the league. Conference yeah, of both of them. League. Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow's in the league. I'd say Lamar Jackson. Or or you can say neither, which I'll accept. So you mean neither, neither will ever make ever it? Make yeah, it. Neither, neither. There's no guarantee one of them is going to make it. No, there's no guarantee. 
Because guess what? It might be a situation where if it ain't the Chiefs, it might be Burrow. Who I knows? think Lamar Jackson has the better coach, yep. so I'll go with Lamar Jackson. Exactly why I was saying Lamar. Yeah. Who do you think is the better I think if you put Josh Allen on the Ravens, it might be hell on wheels. Oh, I, I think Josh Allen's the better quarterback. Yep. Yeah. But you'd bet on Lamar to make it. The Ravens. I'd, I'd bet I bet on John coaching, Harbaugh. Yeah, I think coaching's. I think coaching's do you vital. Think, do you think either one of them will make it? Uh, chances are one of them is going to sneak in and get one. Yeah, is at it, some point. Is it? I mean, I mean, I guess chances aren't probably. Right. Uh, they probably aren't because most quarterbacks don't ever make the Super Bowl. Well. Most quarterbacks don't have Patrick Mahomes sitting there. And but if you play, play Mahomes, but also Andy Reid, because I think I think one and two still because people forget about Joe Burrow because he's not playing. But you had you had one of the guys out, which increases your chances. Yeah. Mm. I don't think the Bengals. Uh, I think the Bengals roster is going to fall apart this next offseason. Good. <laughs> Great. All right. Sign me up. Yeah. Hope I don't fall apart this offseason. You almost fell apart this weekend. Well, I fell apart for a while Saturday night, but you I'm pushed slowly it too hard. Humpty Dumpty slowly being put back together Here, again. Here's, Humpty? A, here's a hot yeah. take. I'm, an, a, I'm a giant hot egg. take. What? Hot take alert. What? Herbert makes the Super Bowl before either one of them. Ooh, okay then. Hot take. That's an egg. You know what? <laughs> they got to win the division first, bro. But, no, you don't. Uh, you have to win the division to make the Super Bowl. They still got to work on winning the division first, but you know what? That that's a factor. Harbaugh going to the Chargers. I'm you can't you just can't assume they're going to make it. Lamar's like, oh, we'll have we'll CJ be right Stroud, back out. Houston looked like a solid team this year, bro. You had it in your crib to get there, and you failed, and you might not get that chance again. Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl though, fourth time in five years. Thank you. Oh, um, remember. Uh, <laughs> Remember the whole start of this whole thing when Chidi and I were going back and forth? He goes, what do you think they're going to do? You know, over the, I said, I think they can make four in six years. I was left out of the studio. You're wrong. You didn't leave it, the studio. It came true yesterday. Put that in your pipe, Jeff. No, I was texting with Jeff. He texted me last night. I was texting back. I sent him the, I sent him the Lamar Jackson's A-Flowers tweet. He liked that. We will uh, be right back after this with Bill Moss on Sports Radio 810 WHB.